Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn, and this is just a a quick intro to this outstanding quickie episode. We were just in Portland, Oregon. Actually, a couple weeks ago, we were in Portland, Maine. So we've been in Portland to Portland on the Less Is Now tour, but we stopped by Live Wire Radio in Portland, Oregon. Uh, The show is distributed by PRI. It's uh, Public Radio International. And it is hosted by a guy named, a really funny guy named Luke Burbank. Really enjoyed this episode. It was different from a lot of other radio interviews we do uh, for a few reasons. One is it was recorded in front of a, a live studio audience in, in a theater. So we had a few hundred people there. They also had a live house band uh, on Livewire, and, and that was outstanding experience. But also, uh, we had a conversation with Luke, but then in the second segment, well, we had to convince people who worked on the radio show to either get rid of or keep certain items. And we had never done anything that live in front of a a studio audience before. And people brought in some different items. I I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, (laughs) Luke brought in some of his favorite uh, I say favorite in, in quotes, some some shoes that he brought in. And well, you, you'll just get to hear. One of us one of us has to convince him to let go of that item. And then we have to, the other person has to convince him to keep the item. And we did that with a couple other people on the show as well. Uh, before we dive into that, we just announced the second leg to the Less Is Now tour. So Ryan and I, all, all year this year, 2017, we're on the road. We're giving an in-depth talk about minimal and then we are recording a live version of the Minimalists podcast. And we we just announced uh, the following cities, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. So that's what, six dates in Canada. Uh, We're headed your way. A few of those are already on their way towards selling out. Also, we're, uh, we're headed back to the States after that. We'll be in Philadelphia, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Salt Lake City, Denver, Phoenix, Austin, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Tampa, Detroit, and Milwaukee. And we're still in the middle of the, the first leg right now. We just finished up some stops in uh, a bunch of cities in the Midwest and out east and in the Pacific Northwest, but we're headed over to California next. So San Diego, uh, that one has only a few tickets left. Los Angeles, I think that one's already sold out. Most of the events we've already given, uh, we've already had, have sold out already. Los Angeles, I think you're sold out. There might be a couple uh, single seats left there. San Francisco, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. So we either come into your city if you're in North America or a city within a few hours drive of you. We hope to see you there on the tour. You can find all of the ticket information, all the theaters, dates, etc., over at our website or just go to lessisnow.com. All right. I hope you enjoyed this quickie episode of the Minimalist Podcast. This is us at Livewire in Portland, Oregon. Should we get your first guest out here? All right. Our first guests have taken cutting the crap to an entirely different level. Through their podcast and books and blog, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, better known as The Minimalists, 
have preached the gospel of decluttering to millions, and they're not just talking about physical stuff. They also talk about the emotional junk that so many of us are carrying around, and it's knowledge that's hard won from their own lives, as we're about to learn. Please welcome the minimalists to Livewire. Joshua and Ryan, welcome to Livewire. Hey, thanks, thanks for, having, for having, us. having us. If you have a one or two sentence description of what the minimalist ethos is about, Joshua, what would that be? Minimalism is the thing that gets us past the things so we can make room for life's most important things, which actually aren't things at all. What did your life look like back in around 2011, kind of before things started to change for you? I was sort of living the American dream. It was after actually growing up poor in Dayton, Ohio. I was raised by an alcoholic single mother. We were on food stamps and and government assistance. And I thought the reason we were so unhappy is because we didn't have a lot of money, right? And so when I turned 18, I went out and got a corporate job. And I spent the next decade climbing the corporate ladder. And, And really by age 27, 28, I had achieved everything I ever wanted. That six-figure salary, the, the luxury cars, the closets full of designer clothes, the big suburban house with more toilets than people. But, but then my mom died and my marriage ended, both in the same month. And th- those two events forced me to sort of look around and, and start to question what had become my life's focus. And what I realized is I was so focused on so-called success and achievement and especially on the accumulation of stuff. And and I realized that, yeah, I might have been living the American dream, but it wasn't my dream. And and it sort of, for me, it took getting everything I thought I wanted to realize that maybe everything I ever wanted wasn't actually what I wanted at all. And that's really when I discovered this thing called minimalism. And so then, Ryan, uh, how did you start to notice that something was different with your old pal Joshua? Well, uh, we, we were working at the same corporation, side by side, climbing the corporate ladder together throughout our 20s. And I remember um, when he split up uh, with, his, with his wife, um, I was helping him move into his new place. And there was like this really awesome like wall mount that was already there for a TV. And I'm like, dude, uh, what kind of TV are you going to get? And he was like, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I am going to get a TV. And I was like, what? Like, I, okay. He's like, yeah, maybe. A couple months go by, no TV still. And I, I noticed Josh being uh, happier. He was, he was nicer. He was, you know, he seemed a little, a little freer. And um, eventually, I, I sat him down, and I'm like, dude, why the hell are you so happy? What is going on with you? And I thought, like, maybe the, you know, doctor gave him some good drugs or something. And I was like, you know, I wanted some. I'm like, is it Prozac? Like, where are you on, man? <laughs> And he was like, no, it's, it's not like that at all. He, he spent like 20 minutes telling me about this thing called minimalism. He talked about how he spent the last several months of his life just simplifying, getting the clutter out of the way. And then it started to make sense a little bit. I'm like, all right, dude, I want to do this. I want to be a minimalist. Now, now what do I do? Well, that's, <laughs> I think that's the question a lot of people probably have. We're talking to Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Fields Milburn, uh, also known as the minimalists. What were the first thing, Ryan, like what did you get rid of first? So we, we came up with uh, a crazy idea called a packing party, 
where we decided to pack all my belongings as if I were moving, and then I would unpack only the items I needed over the next few weeks. So Josh came over, literally helped me box up everything, my clothes, my kitchenware, even my furniture, everything. We literally pretended like I was moving. And then I spent the next 21 days unpacking only the items I needed, my, my toothbrush, some kitchenware, I feel like you could have left the toothbrush out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, no matter how minimal you are, even just for the sake of the people who love you, yeah, yeah, I don't think we're minimizing away from well, dental you know, hygiene. You know, for me, for me, I, I really, uh, I really have to do something drastic to change uh-huh. my state. Gotcha. And uh, the more I can change my state, the more um, it will actually have an impact on my life. So you know, I went through this whole process, and after those three weeks, I had eighty percent of my stuff still sitting in those boxes, like just sitting there unaccessed, and. You know, I, I looked at those, I couldn't even, you know, I looked at those boxes, I couldn't even remember what was in half of them. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, this is a pretty cool experiment. So we did what any two 30-year-old dudes would do. We started a blog. Yes. Yeah. The first <laughs> blog in the history of the internet. Yes. Wait, no, it's not that. Wait, we, gotta, we do have to take a very quick break. We have the minimalists here. We have Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Fields Milburn. This is Livewire Radio from PRI. We will be back in just a moment. back to Livewire Radio from PRI. My name's Luke Burbank. I'm here talking to the minimalists. Our theme this week is Cut the Crap, which is something that is kind of their specialty through their uh, podcast and blog and a documentary film uh, that, uh, that they made about really trying to focus on the important things in life. What's the science behind why more stuff doesn't make us more happy? What, did you know the average American household has more than 300,000 items in it? 300,000! Does but that it, include dust mites? <laughs> I think most of us aren't hoarders, right? We're not candidates for the TV show, but we just hold on to a lot of stuff. And I think the reason being is we hold on to all of these things just in case. The three most dangerous words in the English language. And so I really think it comes down to we hold on to these things because we feel like that's what we're supposed to do or we're going to need these things someday in some non-existent hypothetical future. That's the first side. The other side is a bit more pernicious, and it is we buy a bunch of things with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Well, when you say it that way, it doesn't seem like such a great plan. Um, if I went into, uh, Ryan, if I went into your house, um, what would I see? Like, what's in there? What does a, a minimalist's house actually look like? You know, at the end of the day, like, if you were to walk into me and my partner's home, like, you wouldn't jump up and say, 
oh my God, there, there must be minimalists that live here. <laughs> you, you'd probably be like, man, whoever lives here, they're pretty tidy. <laughs> and, and it's because, you know, everything I own, it serves a purpose or, or it, it adds value to my life. It, it, it brings me joy. And uh, at the end of the day, everything else I, I've gotten rid of. And when you do that, there's these beautiful side effects, like you've got a nice, tidy home. Now, I don't want people to confuse a simple life with an easy life, because I'll tell you, man, simple is not always necessarily easy. Well, yeah, because I was watching the documentary that, that you guys are a part of. I was listening to the podcast this week. You have books that are out. You're on this tour have you been so successful that your lives are not able to be as focused on the stuff that you started out wanting to focus on? I think the difference now is my short-term actions align with my long-term values. It's not necessarily about being happier. In fact, I think being or chasing happiness was really the problem for me. I was constantly chasing this thing called happiness, but now I'm living a more meaningful life. And the beautiful thing about that is happiness is, is a byproduct of that. Uh, that is Joshua Fields Milburn. He's here with Ryan Nicodemus, and they are the minimalists, everybody, here on Livewire Radio. All right, Joshua and Ryan, you teach people how to make space in their lives for the things that really matter. But the two of you don't always agree on what is and isn't a keeper, right, when it comes to physical stuff. So we thought that we would savagely pit you two against each other <laughs> to weigh in on some real-life items from our lives as a radio show staff. So what we're going to do is we're going to show you some things that are real objects that we own, and then one of you is going to make the argument for keeping it, and one of you is going to make the argument for getting rid of it, it's a little segment we're calling, Should It Stay or Should It Go Now? All right, so I'm going to kick things off. And uh, this it. is a slightly visual for the radio, but I will describe <laughs> it for the people out there uh, listening to us and not able to see what we're doing. I hold in my hand a very gaudy gold... Reebok pump basketball shoe. <laughs> hey, Luke, 1985 called. They want their shoes back. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you haven't even learned if you're supposed to be arguing for or against this, Ryan. So slow your roll. Is this your shoe? This is my shoe. I brought this shoe from my house. I have both of them, by the way. Now, let me tell you the story briefly behind my acquisition of this Reebok pump basketball shoe. When I was a kid and the Reebok pump came out, it was like $200, which I think was about 50% of what my dad made per month. So there would be no Reebok pumping in the Burbank household. <laughs> and then when I grew up, one time I went into Fred Siegel in Los Angeles about 10 years ago, and what did I see? A Reebok pump basketball shoe that I could afford. I mean, that's, let's be honest, debatable if it was a good financial decision. <laughs> But I was able to acquire this thing that I had wanted as a child, and it, was, it meant something to me about what my adult life had come to, I guess, or had added up to. I will also mention I have never worn these shoes outside of the house because they are ridiculous looking. <laughs> should it stay or should it go now? Joshua, argue for why it should go. I mean, you've already, you've already made the argument for why they should go, right? I, I've never worn them. 
It sounds to me like you essentially get no value from them. Well, sometimes I look at them and I realize I'm not as poor as I was when I was a kid. Is that value? Do you require a sneaker to realize that? You have clearly not met me, Joshua. <laughs> what I would encourage you to do, if, if you did want to get rid of it, you said, this is not adding any value to my life. It's just getting in the way. It's taking up space. It's weighing on my mind. First, getting rid of it's going to take that weight off your shoulders, but you're not going to experience lasting contentment just by getting rid of a pair of Reebok pumps. But if for some reason it's a sentimental item and you're like, I still want to get rid of it, you can take a picture of it because the memories that we have aren't in our things. The memories are inside us. But sometimes the things we have can trigger those memories. So quite often before I get rid of something, I'll take a photo of it and then I'll let it go. All right, Ryan, you have the task of explaining why I should hang on to this pair of Reebok pump basketball shoes that I don't wear. Oh, man. Um, if you are someone who likes to take up uh, space for no reason, <laughs> if you are someone who uh, loves living in the past and can't live uh, in the present, <laughs> I don't feel like your heart's in this, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, I think you should absolutely keep them in those cases. All right. <laughs> Sold. I'll keep it. Listen, listen. I'm working my way up to where you guys are at, okay? Uh, we have the minimalists here, and uh, next up we have our producer and uh, editor of our show, Laura Haddon, coming to the stage. <laughs> it is Laura Haddon, what is this thing you've brought on stage that you want to ask the minimalists about? It's a towel warmer. A Brookstone towel warmer. I feel like it's kind of in the name, but will you explain how it works? Yeah, so before I get into the shower, I put my towel in it, and I press a button, and it warms it while I'm in the shower. <laughs> so that when I get out of the shower, it's at the perfect temperature. Okay. So now we turn to the minimalists. Uh, one of you has to make the argument for why this thing should stay, and one why it should go. Ryan? Would you like to make the argument as to why this should go? Um, when's the last time you used it? Uh, this morning. Okay. okay. Oh, uh, checkmate. No, no, no. Um, I don't, you know, I might get rid of that just because it's an electrical device like close to the bathtub and stuff. Maybe it's a safety hazard. So you might want to consider getting rid of it for that reason. Safety. Safety, <laughs> safety first. Safety first, Okay. Yes. Uh, Joshua, uh, what, what argument can be made for, for keeping a uh, Brookstone brand a towel warmer? I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Have you ever had a warm towel when you got out of the shower? It's uh, no. amazing. I spend all my money on Reebok pumps. <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say. If you use that every day and you get immense value from it, you shouldn't get rid of it. I don't know why you would even question that. And, and actually, that's not true. I encourage you to question it. It's good because now you're making the, the, the deliberate decision to hold on to that and you're going to get more value from it because you know you're using it intentionally. All right. Compelling argument from Joshua. I have a sense that Laura's going to hold on to that bad boy. All right. And last but not least, we have our announcer, Jason Rouse, who has an item oh, yes. that he's been holding on to for uh, a long time. It's, it's, I, again, I'm just going to try to describe this for folks listening on the radio. 
It's sort of like a three-foot-tall Michael Myers from Halloween <laughs> ventriloquism <laughs> dummy. <laughs> um, Jason, uh, this was yeah. made for a play that you were in. Yeah. And it, it is actually, it's a, a likeness of a friend of yours. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah, he wore this same outfit in the show, and, and we, uh, the joke was that he was cloned, and this was the clone, and everyone thought that this was the, the real Tony. I and drove real Tony insane. <laughs> All right, uh, minimalists, time to weigh in on Jason Rouse's Michael Myers-esque three-foot-tall ventriloquism dummy, which I should mention is wearing a hoodie for some reason. Okay, Joshua Fields Milburn, what is the argument for getting rid of this? Do you want to keep it? Sort of. I do. <laughs> I, I, it was made by a good friend. It, it's a representation of a very close friend who doesn't live here, but, you know, it's a weird puppet of my friend, so. <laughs> First off, it's not your friend. Let, let, we'll be clear about this. Uh, but... Yeah. Would it help it, if I turned his, his gaze away from you? Maybe? That's, so <laughs> that's a good point. That's not the kind of doll you throw out, because it's coming back for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if I've learned anything from horror films... <laughs> Yeah. There's an entire Chucky series predicated yes, on, yeah. on this exact same thing. Let's just get this thing off the stage by moving it to you, Ryan. <laughs> what is the argument for keeping this nightmare? Man, look, look how adorable that puppet is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just go with Luke's argument of if you throw that thing away, it's probably going to come back and haunt you. Yeah. All right. So don't do it. Stay safe. Very good. All right. Sage advice from Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Fields Milburn. They are the minimalists. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it so take your eyes away Or take 